Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Jeff, could you maybe laugh just a little bit less? Come on, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jonathan Chant. How's it going? Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome. And uh, let's get into this thing. So you are at, let me make sure I get it right, Fitness for Freedom. And you are a, so a kinesiologist, is that right? Is that- That's right. Yeah, a kinesiologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm being a bit of a body nerd now being that I did uh, massage school. So I was very intrigued to, to, to connect with you uh, and have a chat about uh, all things fitness, health, diet, the whole gambit, and, uh, and just get into it. But we have to start with some sort of story that lets me uh, pay my brand of verming and veering. So I saw on your blog that you took a client, right, mm-hmm. through um, some diet issues. So let's get into that story. Uh, sure. So, uh, I, I'll call her Maggie because that's the, that's her pseudo name in, okay, in the story. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I met Maggie about uh, five or six years ago. And when we first started working together, she was just concerned with her low back pain. So we started really simple doing mobility exercises and light core exercises, just basically everything that she could do. Right. And then she would do the exercise program a couple of times a week on her own and a couple of times with me. And then over the course of time, we started introducing slightly harder exercises as she was capable of doing it. And then she was just slowly got better and better. And as she got better, we just kept making it more and more challenging. And then I said, you know, I think we're ready to step this up a notch. And she said, yeah, I think so too. And she started walking, which immediately bothered her back. So mm. I got her swimming first instead, uh, and which was okay with her because she actually had a pool right by where she worked. So Perfect. it was really, really convenient for her. Right. And then we kept working and slowly she made diet changes over time. She, we didn't, she didn't follow a specific diet plan. It just started with first I had her change out muffins for, uh, for some fruit, sorry, muffins for fruit. Yeah. So she was not eating the muffins anymore right. as her snack. And then she was making uh, foods with a lot of uh, heavy uh, butters and fats and things. So I had her move more to oils. And just over time, she just kept making all these little subtle changes. And we adjusted as we went. So she was always just challenged hard enough that she could do it. And eventually, she ended up losing uh, 80 pounds. Wow. Um, what, uh, what preceded all of this is that she was in her doctor's office. And her doctor said, you know, you're pre-type 2 diabetic. And you need to start exercising and losing weight. And that was it. That was the only advice that the (laughs) the doctor stormed out of the room. (laughs) Like, get on that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, She so she had no no guidance, uh, no guidance at all. Right. And uh, yeah, so we just took her through those slow, steady changes. And uh, I mean, if you want to get really specific, I can. But that's that's basically the the that's the the well. I kind of want to yeah get into some of the finer details about that because. I like the how you started where she was, mm-hmm. you know, and just do these tiny little incremental start moves. Uh, I think that whenever we try to do anything change-wise, it has to be really, really simple, easy, and, you know, just doable. It's almost like you're trying to build the habit of building the habit first. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, she... She just needed something, a little bit of guidance and something to follow that was in her wheelhouse. Right. She'd, uh, she'd worked with another personal trainer before and she'd been hurt uh, relatively badly by that trainer. So she Yikes. was really, really timid about, she thought that, you know, I would be similar and be really like in your face, like, like they are in The Biggest Loser and right. trying to like, you right, know, right, like right. ram exercise down her throat. But it's really 
a, a good exercise program is not like that. They it, don't have to be. No. no, it's you start where the person's at and then you graduate them as they're ready to be graduated. Yeah. 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 Because I think this does affect like a lot of folks, you know, it's that where they know they need to get up, they know they need to move, but they're in just so much pain that they can never really get anything going. So they have to, whatever they find, it has to be just what you said, something that the key is they have to be able to do it and do it regularly regularly with the, the, uh, you know, a livable amount of pain. If there's any pain at all, one would hope there isn't. That's great though. And so how long did this spread out? That was 80 pounds. How long did that take? Uh, the 80 pounds took three years. See, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's healthy. That's a healthy amount of time to lose 80 pounds. And it's, um, I would attribute it to the, like making small changes. It's, you know, when we see a lot of these things on TV where it's, Uh, you know, you have to lose, you know, if you're not losing 10 pounds in a week, then that's not the right diet for you. It's actually the exact opposite. And if you're making changes that will actually, or are a lot more likely to stick for you, then you are making that change very, making very small and subtle changes to how you're living. And when you do it like that, you don't even notice that they're coming in. It doesn't even feel like a diet. That's right. Right. It's it's not a diet because you've just, all you've done is. You've uh, changed your eating habits. You changed your moving habits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Because the the thing is, is if you try to do any sort of big change, then in your mind, you're going to be like, I'm doing this and this is temporary kind of mentality. That's right. And that's one of the problems with diets is when you look at a diet and you say, oh, I'm doing so-and-so low carb diet. Right. And then all of a sudden when you achieve the weight loss that you want to achieve, then you say, oh, I don't have to do the diet anymore because the diet helped me achieve what I wanted to. And right. And lots of times they're based on restriction, which means when you like, don't think of a, of a red car. I just thought of a red car. Right. So it's, it's it's not, I love uh, that one actually. It's not rocket science. So it's, if you say you can't do something, I mean, if the first thing you tell a kid, don't eat, don't eat this marshmallow. One of the first things they do is they eat the marshmallow. All right. Right. right? As soon as you turn your, turn your back. So it's not, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, sir. So let's get a, you, you just made me think of something else too. Sure. Um, and it was more on the, um, the side of habits. Mm -hmm. So when I did my massage school, right. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the deficiencies in the training, because the, most of the training was great. Right. But then they would come up and say, of course, obviously your client has to do their homework. And, and then you would, you would devise and generate and come, you know, make their homework for them. And then if they don't do their homework, they're not going to get better. Right. So the idea was, was they come in, they get assessed, um, by me, the, you know, neuromuscular therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and I give them a list of all the muscles that need work. Right. But we never got into what the homework was. (laughs) And that's kind of like what we're talking about with this habit thing, right? So just the way you, the same way you have eating habits, you have a set of movement habits or Mm -hmm. sitting habits, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Um, And those current movement habits, like the ones that I had before I started doing this are making my current, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, my pain right? You know, Mm. I, you know, my knees would hurt, my hips would hurt, my low back was always hurting. Um, and that was all because of my either movement or lack thereof. So I needed to unwind that. And that took probably like three years for me with yoga, um, strength training, um, and then just changing the way I move, um, a lot more walking. Um, but it was definitely learning, I mean, just going out and getting a massage or doing therapy or doing PT, that's not going to do it because those habits are still there and you're still going to recreate that pain all over again. Does that make, am I making any sense? You, you're absolutely making sense. Uh, so your body's really designed to move in a bunch of different ways. 
And when you're born, you're really good at moving properly. It's, right. it's really, yeah, it's really yeah. funny when you look at infants, when they move, they squat perfectly, they pick stuff up really well. And then as they get older, they, society kind of shapes them to be in whatever, like, you know, it's sitting in your desk at school and then you have to crunch forward all the time and you're writing at your desk all the time at school. And then it just perpetuates into life. And then you end up being an adult instead of in school, you're at a desk in a cubicle or not all the time, but most of the time, right. or you have to move object A to to point B and then you you carry it a certain way and then it's too heavy or whatever and you end up hurting yourself because you're not moving correctly, uh, which is why we focus on, on movement first actually when we train people. Uh, when we do an assessment on someone, we look at how they're like, are their glutes firing properly? Do, oh, they wow. have, do, do their shoulder blades, do their shoulder blades, um, retract and protract well? Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Are they trapping their upper? Cause a lot of people hold a lot of stress, right? In their, uh, in their yeah. upper traps and it can cause headaches and shoulder injuries and things like that. So are we able to give them, um, not only exercises, but also manual therapies that allow them to move more openly and more freely to remove the pain from what they're doing. And it's, it's not an overnight thing. It takes a long, it does. It takes, it takes a, a, it takes long, a long time. It is a long, long haul. Yeah. yeah. Especially my, um, my yoga instructor, she's insane. She's doing all these, um, biomechanics trainings now mm -hmm. and she's totally revamped yoga. Yoga is not the yoga that, <laughs> you know, she's learned so many things that are wrong with your typical yoga class. So she'll come in and go, we don't do this anymore because it's completely wrong. <laughs> I'm like, yay, good for you. You learned something. So but yeah, go ahead. I was just to say, what kinds of things did, uh, like, how is it different? Um, she's like, n she's very, very cognizant of um, limiting the amount of humpback kind of positions. She wants lots of flat back. That's That stands out to me. Um, she's huge on... Um, scapula, um, movement mm -hmm. and mobility, motility, whatever you want to call that. And oh my goodness, that hurts so much because <laughs> she's my strength trainer too. Mm -hmm. Um, when she, when we do these, um, what I like to call protract retract heavy days mm -hmm. on inner strength class, mm -hmm. mwah, that's just like something you just don't do you know, enough of until you go and do it. And then you're like, oh my goodness. It feels great after you're done, but in the doing, it's like, oh, my goodness, I feel good. You know, I'm, I don't want to whine about it too much, but you know, getting over the pain hump on the protract retract seemed like a bit of a stretch. Oh, what did she do to us last, last time that hurt so much? I don't remember. Oh, lower abs. Have you, have you ever focused on lower, like the sub belly? Um, so, it, so, uh, deep, like your, your this, deep abdominal yeah, muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. not the deep ones, but the ones like that connect really, really low, like, uh, at, at the rectus abdominis area, you know, the super low ones when, so say like you're, you've got your legs, um, at a 45 or not a 45 mm -hmm. and 90 and you're on your back and you just try to li lift your legs up kind of with your abs, or push your butt up in the air kind of thing. You're yeah. not actually pushing your butt up. You're just thinking about it. <laughs> Some, yeah, yeah. I, I know Some people can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I will someday. <laughs> it's uh, right. Sometimes it's easier if you can lay on a bench. and Ah, uh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it hurts. But anyway, yeah, so we digress. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a fun digression. So... Let's talk a little bit about what I like to call um, the taking responsibility for feeling good and this whole idea that you go to the doctor and he's going to you know, do something magical to you and make you feel better. Um, I just I find that now not to be true with all of my education. Where are you on this topic? About taking responsibility for right. your own. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of directions you can, um, you can go with it. Obviously and, I want, I, I don't yeah. want to say not all on you. I don't I want to say everybody should go to college to be a kinesiologist. I'm, I'm saying you don't expect there not to be work on your part is what I guess I'm getting at. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So right. it's, it's up to, I, I'll, I'll say it like this. So, uh, I have some of my clients that I would go into work with personally, what I'm, just a checkbox on their list of things to get done or things to do. 
Uh, and I mean that. Sure. No, I yeah, get it. I know. Right? I it's know like, what that mindset is. Right. Yes. So it's like so they're treating you like, like a, an employee. Uh, yeah. Fix me. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that. It's like come in, fix me. It's like you're the checkbox, and then oh, right, when, right. if they don't lose weight, then that's you, it, you my fault, right? Right, I right, right, because right. They're not losing right. weight, yeah. except that I see them for three hours a week. That would be the um, opposite of them taking responsibility. Yeah. That's right. So that's the opposite. <laughs> you just expect it, like they right. just expected something to happen. And right. really, if you want to make changes happen, then you have to be conscious that you're trying to make changes happen. I mean, there's lots of easier ways to to do that, and to take responsibility for yourself, or there's strategies that you can use, hacks, some people call them. Um, but it's ultimately up to you to make the change because no one can make a change change for you. Um, I can help create the condition, or someone, a coach, or someone that you're working with can help create the conditions to give you the biggest chance of success. But ultimately, it is up to you. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and uh, I can get into this a little bit. Um, like, uh, I have family members that are like more overweight than me and, and I can see like, you know, I'll try to give them little tips and cues and stuff. Um, and it just, it, it all falls on deaf ears, you know? Uh, and I feel for them like one family member back in Michigan, I think she's had like two back surgeries, low back surgeries. And even before she had the first one, mm-hmm. um, when I saw the the literature that the doctor gave her, they, it was like low 20s percentage sec- success rate. Oh, wow. It, yeah. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> you know, but she's just so desperate to be out of pain, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I'm like, how do we help this person, you know? And really what she needs is is someone like you in her life that is going to just baby step her through it. It's essentially, you know, so if your problem is, you know, o- you know, overweight or, you know, in pain, it, they usually kind of go together, those two, don't they? Uh, yeah, they can go together sometimes, not right. always. Not it really always. De- not, it really depends what, what's, causing, what's causing the pain. Um, back pain is so tricky because there's so many things that could be, I mean, no, I know I, I have some large, really bad yeah. back pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like 90% of, I should say almost all people's back pain is caused by the same thing, but then there's this small section of people that no one knows really what's causing their back pain. And those are the ones, those are the people that are, it's really hard to, to pinpoint what's happening. And right. I, I mean, I have a client like that. She hurt herself doing a, a boot camp uh, somewhere she was actually, we were, she was starting to feel so good with our individual training that she went to do a group class somewhere and then she got injured when she came back and she's never fully recovered from it. And I can't figure out exactly what it is. And it bothers me that I can't figure it out. <laughs> right, but right, right. I mean, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's a, amazing how, uh, how much you can slide. And when you start focusing on the pain like that, it becomes your like the whole object of, of your being and you can't think about anything else and you'll do anything to get out of it. And, and that's a really hard spot to be in. And I honestly can't say that I can give anyone advice on how to, how to get out of it because that's their own, you know, it's their own gig. And it is. You do, you do have to sort of like that. Again, it goes back to, you know, realizing that, you know, and I, I mean, instead of like saying take responsibility because it sounds so pointy fingery, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell it. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I get it. Um, but what I, what I want to say is, um, when I, when I was doing massage, so I started out, I did like the, where you learn how to do Swedish and shiatsu and how to work in a spa. And then, so after, while I was doing that class, then I I got a job in a spa. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I was doing a lot of that sort of massage, which you know, paradoxically creates a lot of pain in the, in the doer's body when you do it wrong. So I was having this weird thing where I was having like way, way more lower back pain than I thought just would come from normal, ordinary soreness. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. this was sort of like, I was just beginning to learn about the neuromuscular therapy kind of idea mm-hmm. and what that is all about. Have you ever heard of that? It's kind of like the trigger point idea. Well, I mean, there's different types of neuro. We we practice uh, neuromuscular repatterning, is what okay. we call it. All right. Uh, where there's uh, certain triggers in your body that uh, that you can press on, and then they allow the the muscle to actually activate. 
properly. So there's muscle points and there's nerve points. Okay. Um, and it, it's it's a lot easier to show on video than it is to sort of explain. <laughs> yeah, it is really uh, but, hard to explain any yeah, of this it, stuff. Yeah. You can, but when you press these pressure uh, pressure points and then you have people go through movements, then it can really open them up. And when you do it enough over time, then slowly the pain starts to go away. It sounds very similar. Yeah, because so yeah. The, the idea behind a trigger point from my school mm -hmm. uh, was for, you know, through whatever, either injury or, you know, say like bad, bad body habits or bad movement habits. Um, lots of static behaviors or, you know, mm -hmm. like, like what you were saying, just your overall, you know, life movement patterns you you generate these um, little pockets of pain. Um, they call them trigger points. Yeah. And they're just... They're like muscle knots, right? They're little, little muscle knots yeah, that are in need of attention. Mm -hmm. um, but the way the brain works, this is where the neuro thing comes in. Um, the way the brain works is it sort of tunes out that pain. Um, and then the that little piece of muscle will get into this situation where it's it needs oxygen and blood flow. So, and that's what the therapist is doing with the pressure. It's just, you know, it's just like encouraging a little bit of blood flow in and around that area. That's essentially mm -hmm. way oversimplified, uh, the whole idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I learned that, um, and, and then I, I was like, okay, I have to start doing this stuff on myself. <laughs> so, slowly over time, I, you know, I just kept reading and learning and, and doing the, the, the basically self massage on myself to get my back pain, um, brought in, you know, um, into, into control land, you know, and, and then I could do massage and I wasn't in pain anymore. I mean, sure. I would still have like your ordinary, Oh, I worked and there's like some muscle stiffness and soreness, but nothing that would make me want to lie down and, and not move right? It wasn't the crazy amount of pain. So I guess that's where, you know, as soon as that, that was kind of like an aha moment for me that, oh, this is my job. Does that make sense? That's, that's what I mean when I say, you mm -hmm. know, take responsibility for, you know, this sort of thing. And I guess it does sound a little pointy fingery in your face. So I have to come up with a new way of saying <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it does. Uh, but yeah. it's also, it's also true though, right. uh, because there's no, there's no magic pills and right. there's no, I mean, it's not very salesy doctors, <laughs> therapists, and coaches can only take you so far before yeah. you have to do, start doing stuff on your own. Right. And it's, and you're there yeah. to educate your clients too. That's right. 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 Yeah. It's, um, I like to, I like to use the term lighthouse. Uh, so lighthouses, they save ships from hitting the shoreline by shining their light. Right. Yeah. But a lighthouse doesn't go out to the ocean to save the ship, right? Like a, tugboat, like a tugboat would, right? Right. So, so you have to wait until people ask you for help, or they ask you for uh, your education or advice, or they go looking for it, and you're there to give it to them. You can't go chasing people and telling them that it needs to be this way or it needs to be that way because that's when they tune out. The most. Right. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You just have to be that, like, you know, let them know that, hey, these are the, these are the folks that have come here and, you know, these are how we help them, you know, and if that sounds good to you, you know, that's, that is very much uh, what a lighthouse does. It's just like says, hey, here we are. <laughs> we can help you out of the dark if you want to come. That's so much better than saying, it's on you, mister. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jonathan. Well done. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about one of your podcasts recently where you talked about um, the six-pack trophy because I, I, uh, I was very much amused by that, that post. What were you trying to get at there? So it's a, a six-pack. I mean, people will get want a six-pack for lots of reasons, but almost always it comes down to some sort of extrinsic goal or external yeah. purpose right. that they're chasing that they're chasing a six pack whether that's they want to be uh, attractive to the opposite sex or right. they want people to just people to tell them that they look so good or ask them advice about how they got to look that good um, that's really that's really what I was getting at and chasing a six pack trophy is a little bit like chasing the sports car so once you buy a sports car, it's nice to have for a couple of, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. But then after time, it just becomes your regular car and it's no longer that new and exciting thing anymore. And six packs are the 
almost the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like if you, you work really hard and you do deprive yourself of all this food and you're exercising all the time. And then you say, when I get the six pack, I will be happy if, right. You know, if yeah, I yeah, get yeah. the six pack, I'm there. That's then, and then I will be happy. And then you realize that you've got the not, six pack and you're you've still got a not happy. Pack. That's right. But nothing's really changed ultimately. <laughs> right. 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 It's, right. Um, I mean, a six pack doesn't help you. It doesn't you know, spend, like, yeah, it doesn't, spend time with your friends. It doesn't help. Right. I mean, maybe it helps you pick up another superficial person of the opposite sex, right. but it, you know, it doesn't ultimately lead to happiness. And a lot of people think they need to have a six pack to, I'll be, be happy with, when with, I have a six pack. Right. I'll be happy when I have a six pack. <laughs> I'll be happy when I'm with someone. Uh, some people will appreciate me once I have a six pack or right. whatever it is that goes through someone's mind. And it's just, my point of that podcast is that it's really not, uh, that's really not the case. It's just, it's just another form of a trophy. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wanted to agree with you and then add to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was watching another show on uh, on Netflix. It's a, something like Big Numbers or something like that mm-hmm. with uh, the guy from, uh, oh, um, Harold and Kumar go to uh, White Castle. It was the Kumar guy. Anyway, um, he's talking about all these different, each show he talks about a different topic and mm-hmm. then talks about the statistics that, that back up and, and tell stories about that topic. So one of the topics was where people hook up. It's all about sex and hooking up. And I was surprised because they started talking about the different venues wherein people meet people of the opposite sex, a.k.a. hooking up. You know, and I was telling you on the pre-show that, you know, when I was young and doing that sort of thing, it was all bars. You know, that was what people did. So now it's all fragmented. So some of the U.S. is still, you know, bars. Um, but here in Southern California, it's the gym. So people, most people, when they go to the gym, are looking to meet the opposite sex. And that all at, all at once kind of like disgusted me and was like a face palm slap because it was like, oh, now that everything makes sense, right? Um of why what's going on because I was always confused about what was going on in the fitness world and it seemed like there was more of a focus on looking good than feeling good does that make sense do you, you know what I'm talking about yeah I know what you're talking about okay it uh it's it's interesting because I've always I'm always a little bit on the well I should probably say this I have a little story here first sure for, please uh, I love stories yes yes stories <laughs> uh, so um, when I was in university I actually met uh, my uh, serious girlfriend that I dated for three years at the gym and um, that relationship ended very badly uh, so I <laughs> oh, think sorry I think it should be no it's fine it's much better for both of us okay way. good <laughs> but it's just it's just like a little bit of a forewarning that. Um, you know, you never know what you get at the gym. Um, right. Sometimes it's so I really ride the fence on how I feel about this whole gym culture pickup thing, because on one hand, it's they're they're there to, to exercise and be healthy. And they're also there to meet people of the opposite sex. And would I rather them be meeting people of the opposite sex at a bar or at a gym where they could do exercise in the process or, <laughs> you know, two shots of Jack Daniels and, you know, end up face first uh, on someone's floor. Yeah. That they have no idea how they got there. Right. So right. I'm really torn about, about that a little bit. Um, but ultimately when you find a space that's comfortable for you, then you'll know whether or not those, like those types of people are there. If you, if you want to be part of that culture, then there are there are gyms that have that culture and you'll be able to fit in. Right, and if right. it's not if it's not the right culture for you, then there will be other gyms that you can go to and you'll be able to feel the vibe right away. And even sometimes the different times of day have different feelings uh, or different cultures inside of them. So, I mean, you just have to find a place that that's comfortable for you. Um, I know that one thing that a lot of people are really nervous about when they first start going to the gym or they first um, are starting an exercise program is that they're really worried that other people are going to be watching them and judging them and, you know, thinking about how good or bad they do something. But the reality is, is that everyone's too busy looking at themselves in the <laughs> That's mirror. That's true. So, You're right. So you, You're right. So you don't That's have true. to worry about other people judging you because they're too busy looking at themselves in the mirror. Um, right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's how I, that's how I feel about it. It's, um, I don't know, to each their own a little bit, but at the same time, it's a gym. So you might as well go there to work out. 
Yeah, you know, the, the, there's a couple of things. You know, the the whole idea of where people hook up. I mean, you know, I'm not looking to hook up anymore. I've been married like 23 years, so it was just a novelty thing to me, really. Um, but the larger issue to me, and it, I don't know if it's a separate issue or it's a you know it's the same issue. It take looking at a different way mm-hmm. is just the idea that you know it's better to look good than to feel good kind of kind of that just rubs me the wrong way you know not that looking bad is bad it's not you know but you know if you're like say looking really really good but you're not healthy then you've missed some point to me does that make sense yeah, no, it does. It's, um, I mean, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Right. It's, uh, it's hard to, um, again, it's, it's so, it's, it's more so of an education for, thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. there's an education thing there. And also there's often people, uh, often people start going to the gym for the, because they want to look good. And then somewhere along the line, they transition into just wanting to be healthy. Right. And usually if you don't, you have a lot of you have a much higher chance of success of being health like exercising just to be healthy uh, if you've previously gone to the gym even if it was to only your sole focus was to look good so again it's i mean i understand what bothers me more than <laughs> going to the gym are instagram photos uh oh of, right 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 of girl of it's I mean, of, of, of showing their six usually, pack. That's right. So they have right, uh, right. a sports bra on, they have right. little shorty shorts right. and then they turn their body just on the right angle that their waist looks like it's, you know, 10 inches right. uh, wide. And then they've got their, their bum sticking out. So it looks yeah, like yeah. they have really big glutes. I mean, there's, there are, there's way more smoke and mirrors in there than actual sexy. That's right. Hundreds <laughs> of millions of, right. of pictures like that on Instagram. Right. Right. And, and then this, they're all fake. Just, that's, yeah, I mean they're definitely manipulated, right? Uh, and it just sort of pushes this image of this is what fitness is, yeah. and this is what fitness is supposed to be, and that's going to discourage a lot of people from even trying in the first place. Yeah, um, and so that that bugs me a lot more than <laughs> seeing people go to the gym and hooking up. I, I, I saw a girl uh, who was mad about this same issue about the whole, like too much focus on the beauty, sexy thing mm. um, instead of the health and movement and freedom and yada, yada. Mm. Um, she took a before and after picture on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> So she just made herself look all schmooey and schmoey, right? And then, you know, and, and hunched over and it was all pose and attitude, right? And she had like a really, you know, schmooey face on and then click before. And then, and then she got all sexy, right? And, you know, did up her makeup and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just got the lighting right. Just like you, what you said, you know? And she was like, same person, same day. <laughs> I- I was like, I've done the, I did the exact same thing. It's I did. A, I made a blog post about before and after pictures. Oh, see, and how yeah, and how they're so easy to fake. And I just right. took my shirt off and I uh, stuck my belly out. Right. And I did like a little quarter view, so it looked like I had a belly. And then I lit, uh, put an overhead light above me, so that you could see all the my musculature. And then I said, this these pictures were taken two minutes apart. But like I didn't even go put <laughs> go put my makeup on. I didn't go change anything else about my body. I just. I just, you didn't put your makeup on? Oh no, my God. I, I, you know what I, I did? I'll, I lied. I did a couple of push ups. So oh, so you looked a little pumped. pumped. Yeah. That's right. So you I got a little pump. pump. That's right. But they were still taking two, two or three minutes apart from each other. So that's great. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the keys that you talk about with your clients. Sure. Yeah. Let's just yeah. dive into that. Dive right in, straight into the keys. Yeah. So you have to start with where you're at, is the yeah, first. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, which we talked about a little bit. And I really like focusing on on you doing substitutions or doing new behaviors that are associated with something else. So okay. it's you like know that's it, that's a like a habit thing. That's right. right. So we're creating a, a habit. So you have a cue to like everyone sets an alarm to wake up mm-hmm. in, in the morning, right? So there's no reason you can't set an alarm to go to bed if you're trying to go to bed earlier. Right. Or you can't set an alarm through your work day and do like a little posture workout. I mean, we I have lots of clients that do band exercises at their desk, at their office, 
you know, like just two or three. And that helps. It's already helped their posture. Um, after even just a few days of doing it, they notice a difference. Oh, so, that's awesome. So that's um, trying to incorporate small exercise into your day that's associated with something else is really important when you're first starting out. I've just, been doing that. I, I have yeah. an example. Yes. Sure. So that's I'm doing like IT work. Have you ever, so you, most people don't know what these things are, but I'm working in a school district here in Southern California and they buy like 42 Chromebooks, little miniature laptop computers. Yeah. Um, and they put them in these gigantic carts, like 42 of them. Okay. Mm. And so each school has a certain number of carts, but that's what I'm spending most of my time in front of, you know, configuring, updating, whatever. I'm touching these Chromebooks, right? So it's an amazing squat opportunity. <laughs> so instead of, you know, like using a chair or just standing and bending, um, most of the time, sometimes I'll do a stand and bend. I mix it up. Um, but most of, the one that I like the most is the Spider-Man kind of squat mm-hmm. uh, where I can just like get my, uh, my knees open nice and wide and then get, you know, go straight down, grab a couple of books and then go straight back up, <laughs> put them down on the top of the, uh, the cart and then start working, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that sort of thing, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good example of, and you know what? It's funny when you lift things like that, yeah, and you really pay attention to you know pushing your hips back and getting a good solid, getting stance, a good squat, right? You end up using your leg muscles a lot more, and you end up doing a workout without even realizing doing a workout, right? That's right. right. If you because when you lift, when you start lifting things properly every day, then you it start becomes a use, habit. Yeah, that's right. It becomes a habit, but your legs start to develop, and if you haven't been lifting properly, your legs will be sore. <laughs> For like yeah. for for the following days until your body while, uh, adapts to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can speak from experience for that. When I used to work in a in a lumber mill, I just started when I was a teenager. I just started lifting properly one day, and my body used to never be sore. And then my muscle, so I should I should say my muscles were never sore. But then when I started lifting like that, my muscles started to become sore, and they started to change. And I had mm. noticeable changes in my body just, just because from, you were lifting differently. That's right, lifting right. properly and using okay. the muscles instead right, of right, just right. loading the joints. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, that's that. I mean, that's one way. That's one way to do it for sure. Oh yeah. There's tons yeah. of different ways to uh, to to do many little strength training thingies uh, mm-hmm. while you're at work. You know, and even balance stuff too. You know, yeah. um, like the another thing that I do is if I can't get a squat on, um, I'll do one of those. Uh, it's sort of like when you stick one leg out and you've got. It's almost like a balance thing from yoga. It's a move that like what we do tree pose. It's kind of, no, it's more no. of a, it's a little bit closer to warrior three. Okay. You know what warrior three is when you, you're leaning your chest forward and you've got one leg like planted really powerfully. And then you, you kind of like dip the other leg up. I'm doing that kind of. Okay. It's a little bit more of a, um, you know, I, I I'm just going to tip over on one leg uh, mm-hmm. and then, and grab only one, you know, as a balance thing. Okay. You know, I can get away with that <laughs> without looking too dorky <laughs> with all these, you know, high school kids giggling at me doing stupid stuff <laughs> with computers. Anyway, so keep going. You know, I, I interrupted you. What else do you recommend? No, um, so, little stuff at work. That's what you're yeah, talking little stuff about. At work. Uh, right. one of my, uh, some, well, one, I have a couple of older clients in particular, they would wait in line at the bank and they just practice standing on one foot. That's perfect. Yeah, a little tree pose, right? That's right. So anytime you're just waiting in line, there's no reason you can't stand on one foot. And you actually will get a lot better at it uh, without even realizing it. So that's a good thing. Uh, Another thing that I always recommend is putting your workout, if you're going to do a structured workout program, put it somewhere in the day where you tend not to have other things. So if Mm. it's uh, at the beginning of your day, as soon as you wake up, before you've even made breakfast, do a little workout routine. Maybe lunchtime at work works for some people. Although the later in the day you wait, the bigger the chance are you'll blow the workout off. So So what's a really like a good quickie one? Say like uh, just something more about a thing to do. Say like certain number of push-ups or just a warm-up thing. Because yeah. a, a buddy of mine, what was he saying? He was saying that he runs 
in the morning, like mm-hmm. all every day, like for 20 minutes. And he, mm-hmm. he's saying, I'm not really doing that for exercise necessarily. It's a tiny bit of exercise, but it's like a brain balance thing. And I've been looking for something like that, but I, I don't necessarily want to run just because uh, my, my knees already have a lot of uh, mileage on them already. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, I was thinking maybe something strength-based, but just like something that's not going to make me too sweaty. I've got okay. like a 50-pound kettlebell. I was going to do something with that, but I was like, there's, I can't do that every day. Maybe I could. I don't know. I'm still playing with it. Um, yeah. Do you want the secret? Yeah. What's the secret? The secret, the whole, the whole, um, yeah, give, need, give it away. Give it away. We won't need <laughs> trainers anymore. We won't need strength coaches or trainers anymore. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you the secret for the whole world. Yes, please. So no, right now. Okay. Here it is. So, okay. <laughs> one big leg exercise. Oh, okay. One big push exercise, one big pull exercise and a core exercise. Wow. That's it. Maybe uh, 10 to 15 repetitions, or if it's a static hold of something, maybe a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, and then you can make it a little bit harder if you get up to a minute if it's a static I'm hold. I'm going to write and this that, down. So one one, one big leg, big leg. Big leg. Yeah. So it's like maybe a wall sit. Uh, if your knees are sore, wall sits are a lot less likely to bother. Or squats or something. Or squats or lunges right. or right, split right. squats. Yeah. And then push-ups. Push-ups would be You a said big one push. push, big push. Yeah, one big push, yeah. And then what was it? A big pull. A big pull. So I like. What's a big like, pull? So pull ups. Uh, pull ups mm, are okay. a little bit hard for a lot of people. So I recommend uh, some kind of a um, a Ooh, band sorry. a band pull, or you maybe you could do a row with your kettlebell. Um, oh, band that, pull. Uh, that's yeah, probably can, you can do a band pull or the row with the kettlebell would work. Uh, and I, then a big core exercise. So um, like uh, crunches or something. I would not nah. recommend. Just okay. They're, they're not spine friendly. Ah, uh, okay. Probably more like a uh, a plank of some sort. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Or a right. Uh, quadruped. Do, okay. Yeah. We do planks all the time. Yeah, planks. Uh, so you might want something. I would do the leg. You could do the leg lifts like you talked about earlier. Oh, right, right, right. Like you're laying on your back and you try to lift your hips up. So is uh, it would be a big core where we do like uh, where you lift one leg and and you, then you also uh, simultaneously raise the or no, that's a back body thing, isn't it? That's not necessarily a core thing where you're doing you're alternating like lifting a leg straight behind you. And then uh, I can't remember what they call that, where you've got the other arm. It's like a yoga thing. Like a Superman kind of? Um, are you laying on your stomach? No. Uh, you start oh, out okay. on all fours, right? And then- Oh, say well, that's that, the quadruped. Oh, that's the quadruped. Oh, so you're on your uh, on your hands and your knees. I don't you know, know the names of any of these no, things. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know what? That's unique to Canada. Uh, the quad- No, I don't I mean that. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what they call it either. No. But we do it your, all the time. Uh, yeah. Some people call it uh, bird dog pose. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Because you're pointing, right? That's right. So yeah. we call it a quadruped here uh, because there's maybe eight progressions of a quadruped that you I can do. I could do that. That's easy. That would be really, less than 20 minutes if I did that. Yeah. So if you were to do that whole round like once, twice, or three times, and mm-hmm. then I might I might actually recommend a side plank on some of those days instead of a instead of a front plank. Okay. Uh, just, just so you get the other plane, so you get your obliques yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more than your uh, just your transverse abdominus and rectus abdominus. There you go. Look at yeah. you throwing out all those muscle names. Oh. I want to throw a thing, a couple of things uh, by you, just sure. just to see where they land in your brain. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I thought was kind of weird with my massage school, right, was um, the idea that where you feel the pain may not be necessarily the muscle that you work on. Is this a phenomenon that you found in your in your you practice? Uh, can Where you, you feel it? the pain. So let's say, Wait, are you is the pain the burn or is pain something? No, no, else? no. We're talking about just like pain that you're having walking around. You know, like an ache, like a bothersome pain that you'd like to okay. rid yourself of. So let's say, like, um, for the longest time, whenever I would do really long drives of say like six or eight hours, mm-hmm. I would have this just really naggy pain in my right hip. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the time I was doing this really intensive, uh, massage school for neuromuscular therapy. And I was like, okay, you brain trust, let me help me fix this. And they're like, it's totally QL. And I'm like, no, no, no. I said hip. And they said, it's totally QL, you know, quad quadratus lumborum. lumborum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And your yeah. lower back. And I'm like, how can that be? And they're like, wait until you get the class. And so I'm like, okay, fine. It's QL. 
So the first thing they told me was to do this QL stretch where you cross your legs and then you just sort of like dip down, I think is no, no, no. You can do it's you, really you, hard. You cross to your legs. Your yeah, you cross your legs and then you you lean over like a dancer, like a ballet dancer. Yeah, you have to lean hard on this. It can be right. hard on your, it can be hard on your back. It was very, very ironically. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ironically it's hard on your back even though it's supposed to help you. So back. the other yeah. thing I tried was this yoga therapy ball. Mm-hmm. And that totally worked. Mm-hmm. So now um, I still do the QL stretches whenever I get out of the car and I just do a whole body mobility kind of thing. I do a mini yoga session every time we stop, you know, on those long drives that helps a ton. Um, I got new shoes, but I also did a lot of, you know, the new shoes was the last straw though. I think really you got to have shoes that don't hurt anything. <laughs> That was one of the the big lessons that I learned because there was these shoes, right, that I was wearing and I really loved them and they did Mm -hmm. not hurt my feet, right? Didn't hurt my feet. But then I was just at the length, you know, I was like, I got to try something new because this hip pain is killing me and it's not going away. And it was getting to be um, an everyday thing. I was doing my yoga. I was doing my my QL exercise and my my self-massage. And I was still having pain. And the only yeah. thing I was doing more of, it was like right when I started doing this school job, was a lot of walking. So I was like, so it's got to do something. It's got to be something with lots of walking. So I just said, well, maybe I'll try to walk less, <laughs> right? And that helped a little. But when I changed out shoes, uh, it just like within a week or two, it was like yeah. gone. Yeah. So yeah. It's like shoes were just huge. But anyway, now that that thing about the QL causing pain. So like, I don't know if it was the, the, I guess it would be the right QL was sending pains along a nerve theoretically into my hip. Does that make any kind of sense in your brain? Uh, it's like no, not really. No, no, it doesn't make very much sense (laughs) in my brain. Uh, But if it makes sense in your brain, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, So... Maybe I'll, can I take a couple steps back? And of maybe course. We'll go, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever you have... Comparing like, you have, notes, it's, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you have pain in a, certain part of your, in a certain part of your body, there's almost always something causing that pain. Right, so right, right. Whether, and, and often it's, um, it's external and internal. And so what I mean by that is that usually there's something in your environment that is causing that to happen. So in your case, it was obviously the shoes because right. you got new shoes and immediately that made you feel a lot better. Uh, yes. So once you've tackled the the external stimulus, uh, I mean, lots of people have bad workstations like in their office that could be causing how their sitting's causing low back pain, things like that. Right. So those are, or how they're driving in the car. So those are kind of like three areas that are really common to cause pain. Uh, and then look at sort of the muscles that are attaching that joint directly, but then also the muscles that work down the chain. So you were getting a lot of hip pain. Right. And the QL attaches attaches mid um like at the base i'm pretty sure it's at the base of your thoracic spine uh to the yeah. top of your lumbar spine and then right, at right. your lower hip near your si joint so theoretically it could be tight and pulling your hip right uh, out, out of whack uh, i mean from i there's no way i could actually tell you for sure that that's exactly what the problem no. was yeah i think but, it's just part of the whole mm-hmm. picture but if we're if if i was working with someone and say I was just talking to them like this, like we're talking right now, yeah. I would always recommend that they start by using their massage balls or a foam roller or something like that in the area around the joint. For sure. And then that's right. So when you attach, uh, roll out the muscles and get to your trigger points that are around the joint, then that can help loosen the joint and help open it up and help you actually move a little bit better. I mean, there's other things too that are more technical that we can do, but that's, um, that's they just, would, that's, they that's where you assessment. start. Right. right that's right, where right. I would start. Right. And often just by doing that will help a lot of people feel a lot better. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, then you can go find someone else to, uh, to work with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's and, how I attack it. Yeah. And each body part, it seems like it has its own story, but still like what you said is all, you know, it still jives, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you did, sort of retract you're like well okay ql does kind of attach to the hip so okay but it wouldn't be the first thing you think of Uh, right yeah ql um ql's uh the main function of a ql is to stabilize your spine right um so 
it, I mean, it could be causing if it's throwing your if it's throwing your hips out, it, it could theoretically throw your hips out, which could make you walk kind of funny. Uh, I'm guessing is that there was there was less wrong with your body in this case. If shoes fixed it immediately, then it was just that you needed new shoes. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. Sure. And and I, I should I should say too that this was one of those things that was like when I first talked about it, it was an isolated just a driving thing, mm-hmm. right? Does your car have cruise control? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Use the, cruise control, that'll help your hip You Totally, okay. yes. Yeah. Because the, basically because the shape of your leg and then you're in that, what do they call that? It's a dorsiflexion. Is that, is, that, is that how you say? When you're pulling your toe forward for a really right. long time, is that dorsi or the So other? dorsiflexion is when you flex your toe up towards your chin and yeah, plantar yeah, flexion. Yeah, yeah, right, right. flexion is when you push your toe away right. from your so body. Like when, so basically dorsiflex is hovering your foot above uh, say an accelerator in a car. That's right. right. If you have your foot off the gas, if you, exactly you. right. Yeah. Well, I haven't found a car yet that is like fits me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even if I'm in cruise, I can't really find a comfy spot for that foot. Yeah. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? So yeah. I'm, I'm, co- I'm constantly wanting to stretch out my leg. Mostly just, it's almost like I want to, I want to do the same thing on an airplane too. Um, I'm, I get up a lot, but, my, uh, the inside leg, now the outside leg, I, I always want to be on an aisle so I can like kick that knee out and just give it a little stretch every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But the inside one is like, I just got to get up. You know, you can't kick your neighbor <laughs> on an airplane. But anyway, again, we digress. Hey, this has been a blast, man. This is yeah, fun. Thanks, uh, we have to, we, we have to talk about a little bit more about your stuff. So your let me make sure I get your URL right. Clicky clicky. Oh, and nothing's working. I'll edit this stuff out. Sorry about that. that. Fitnessforfreedom.com. Hey hey, I got it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. And yeah, you've got you've got a podcast too, right? We do, yeah. yeah it's yeah. Uh, iTunes and Stitcher. It's just called Fitness for Freedom Tips. Um they're short five most of them are around five minutes. And okay. uh I like to uh, make sure everyone listening gets something tactical uh, and useful that they can take away from it and apply to their lives directly. Um, not every show is exactly like that, but I try to keep it uh, try to keep it tac- uh, tactical. For, tactical, uh, for just a, yeah, tactical. just like like my little question about the the life, the universe, and everything when it comes to waking up and doing a, an exercise. That was the best. So that's ten to fifteen. Big leg, big push, big pull, and yeah. uh, wait a minute, what was the last one? Wait a minute. How, there's only three on my list. Oh, big core. Big core. See, big I was core, trying to yeah. avoid. <laughs> big core. There we go. I didn't write it down. Now I did. All right, cool. Yeah, you got it. So I'll put all of that in the show notes. This has been a blast. Really? You, you should yeah, come back. Yeah, and, and do it again. Yeah, I will. All right, brother. So uh, talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.